Hello there guys and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week I have got two special guests for you, BZ The Voice and Steve J. Ray. So BZ The Voice is creating a fan film of the Green Lantern called In Brightest Day Off and he's also got some other projects in the works that we speak about as well in this chat and in part two. And Steve J. Ray is the host of the Superheroes for Dummies podcast which is on the feed of Comics in Motion along with my other show Star Wars Comics in Canon and Steve is also a writer for DC Comics News, Fantastic Universes, Dark Knight News and he does lots of other different things too. So two people who are very much heavily in the nerd culture and we have a fantastic chat. A couple of things you can expect from part one. Uh, we speak about, obviously, the Green Lantern film that BZ is making. That's the main sort of focus. And from there, we also speak about the 2011 Green Lantern movie, Silver Surfer and Galactus' appearance in Fantastic Four, the X-Men movies and the X-Men in general, and then generally other bits and pieces about nerdy stuff and Green Lantern. So that's what you can expect from part one. Part two will be up next week, but I'll go into more depth about that after this chat when I come back at the end. The promo that's going to play just before the chat starts is going to be Tony Farina's Indie Comic Spotlight. It is yet another show that can be found on Comics in Motion. You can find it on Fridays it gets released, and Tony has been on the show a few times as well. So, lots of fun. Anyway, that's enough from me, guys. I just want to let the chat get started as quickly as possible. Get ready for BZ's very smooth voice. He is a voice actor as well, and you can just hear in this podcast one of the reasons why. He is very articulate, and just listening to him talk is amazing. Uh, So yeah, I'll be back at the end to give more information of what's to come in part two and some other stuff that's going on as well. So really hope you guys enjoy. Hello, everyone. This is Tony Farina of DC Comics News and Fantastic Universes. I want to invite you to join me every Friday on the feeds of Comics in Motion, where I will be joined by excellent guests to do a deep dive in an indie comic from a company other than the big two. Sometimes I'm joined by the creators themselves, and other times I'm joined by my geek friends who love to talk about all things comics. Either way, you'll have a great time hearing about some books you may have missed. Please join me on Indie Comics Spotlight every Friday on Comics in Motion. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. I am here with two amazing individuals. The first is Steve, and you may know him because of, well, he's on multiple podcasts. So, Steve, why don't you introduce yourself, tell people where they can find you, and all the different pies you've got your hand in, really. Um, yeah, hi, I'm Steve, uh, a.k.a. Steve J. Ray. I'm editor-in-chief of Dark Knight News, uh, one of the lead writers for DC Comics News, and site owner and publisher of the fan site Fantastic Universes. Uh, comic book nerd, sci-fi nerd, Star Wars, Star Trek, if it's got weird and wonderful places, characters and situations, I'm into it. But uh, I'm here to speak to another man who's making a movie about one of my all-time favourite characters, Characters, the Green Lantern. Go on then, BZ. Introduce yourself. Tell everyone who you are and what you're doing. Hello, everybody out there. Peace and greetings. My name is BZ. Um, most of the people who out there who are out there who are aware of me know me as BZ the Voice. I am a voiceover talent, a voice actor. However, you want to uh, you want to say it. I um, I primarily voice uh, commercials, promos, trailers, uh, some narration. Uh, actually, I've just recently transitioned into 
being an on-screen performer in the last couple of years. And um, my career is sort of kind of building right now on both fronts. Um, as it sits, uh, like Steve mentioned, uh, I'm working on a short film. It's a DC fan film uh, based on the character Green Lantern, John Stewart, which yes. um, we're <laughs> we're um, we're in post production right now. Um, we have to score it. We have to do some ADR work on it. And, um, I believe just a couple of small pieces of CGI. Uh, the film is probably in total about six minutes. Um, I wrote this thing like six years ago. Originally, my goal was to voice the John Stewart character. You know, I was out there reaching out to several animation companies that were primarily affiliated with Warner Brothers. Whenever some kind of Justice League or Green Lantern cartoons came out, I was trying to get in there to voice the character, um, which became super popular after the Justice League cartoon kicked in um, on Cartoon Network. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Jon Stewart's been around since like the 70s, but didn't really become popular till like the 2000s. So um, basically what it boiled down to was like, you know something, hang on a second. I'm watching, you know, for, for me as a voice actor, cartoons are homework. So um, I was watching and I'm like, you know what, wait a minute. I'm sitting here talking to myself about voicing this dude. I sort of kind of have a look that's similar to this dude. Why don't I just be him? And um then I started jotting. I started writing. I, you know, I'm not a script writer or a screenwriter. Not at the time. I am now. Um, and then, you know, it just came together. I uh, connected with a local filmmaker here in Vegas, uh, Sean Jackson. Talked to him about it. Have it had him look at the script. He's like, hey, man, uh, just so you know, this thing is written clearly from the perspective of a voice actor. We need to make certain that, you know, you have a legitimate screenplay. So he did some twisting, tweaking, twerking on my script. I did a little bit of twisting, tweaking, and twerking on it. And then we only had having a final, a final product. Well, over the years, I was going through trying to find filmmakers to help me shoot this thing. And, you know, they would come and go and they would flake. And then, you know, you know, one of my, uh, one of my main characters in the film is, uh, Shaira Hall, even though she has a small part in it, you know, it was a matter of, you know, finding somebody who could fit the mold, uh, who could fit the character. And, um, you know, I'd find a couple and then the actresses would flake out and then bam, fast forward six years later, we just wrapped on it less than a month ago. And, uh, now we're in post-production. That's a, that's amazing to hear all of those things. And you do have an incredible voice. I mean, people could, should already be able Seconded. to tell that. It is incredible. So, I mean, I, there's going to be, I can feel the energy of the nerdiness coming out of Steve. And he wants to oh, ask. He's oh, like, oh, he, I'm I can, hearing he, John Stewart and Shira Hall, and I'm already in nerd heaven. It's, it's nerdgasm all over the place, seriously. Just um, before, I'll wowza. do one more sprinkling of being host, and then we'll have a big old free for all. So, last little things. Um, if you just want to say, uh, 
I don't know if it's the working title, it's going to be maybe the finished title, but the, the title mm-hmm. and a, a small amount of the premise of what your sort of plans are for this. Mm-hmm. And then I'll let Steve ask it because I can hear the burning questions <laughs> <laughs> coming out over there. So let's just fire that out and then we'll have a big old nerdy talk. Let's do this. Okay, well, the deal is is that the name of this name of this film, and I'm pretty sure Steve will get a kick out of it, it's called In Brightest Day Off. And so so, um, the premise of this film is, uh, you know, one of the greatest world's greatest superheroes actually has a day off from superheroing. And um, he is just basically just trying for the most part, this thing is a day in the life of a superhero taking a day off. It's not intergalactic you know, space, you know, space gun fights and anything like that. It's just this dude, he he just finished off doing all that stuff for the last couple of weeks. Now he's just going to take a day and do what he can to relax. But there's someone who has every intention of stopping him from doing that. <laughs> I am going to watch the living shit out of this film. <laughs> <laughs> and there's already a teaser out as well and i'll make sure that i include the link in these show yes, notes as well please. because I, I watched it already and i was like i mean immediately the <laughs> teaser's like I mean, before i'd even seen the green lantern uh movie or knew much about it i was always like i would like oh that definitely definitely intrigued me so shall we we'll jump off because a lot of people uh such as myself don't really know much about the green lantern outside of the movie and in all honesty guys i i did only watch the movie this week because i heard a lot of negative things about it and i've even heard obviously even ryan reynolds he slates it in deadpool and lots of other aspects and things right and i'm gonna say like i genuinely i liked it i i, I was surprised i kept waiting for this horrible terrible bad scene and at the first i, I watched it in two parts because i watched it on my lunch breaks um during work and stuff and i watched the first half and i was like this is actually pretty good I, the special effects i thought were amazing it's quite thrilling and stuff and i was like oh i know the second act that's that's where it's going to fall to pieces and then the film finished and i was like the, the special effects were good the villain well then the guy gets sort of starts to get taken over by the, the i think it's parallax or the, the bad person he goes weird and horrible looking and basically fucked up it is really really well done so i just want to know what like hector hammond what are there you go there you go steve he's got he's the living asterisk for anything i'm gonna say in this so beasy <laughs> what are your thoughts on the green lantern movie and then steve jump in as well with your uh thoughts as well what are your both of your thoughts on the, the green lantern movie well my thoughts on the green green lantern movie are quite similar to yours i had literally and absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. I didn't. Um, I thought, you know, there are people, you know, who are critical about writing and this, that, and the other, but let's stop for a moment and just marinate. It's a comic book movie. Okay, three words, comic book movie. What is your problem? Chill out. So I have no issue with it. Yeah, I I have no issue with it at all. I like the film. I can't argue with any of that. I mean, a slight issue with the way Parallax was portrayed is he's more a bit big of a gaseous blob in this film. But hey, you know, Horses for Courses is a lot better than Galactus was in the second Fantastic Four movie. But uh, Mark Strong oh. is Sinestro. Let's state that right from the beginning. He is Sinestro. Picture perfect, ripped out of the pages of the comic, thrown on the screen. 
perfection. Oa was beautifully realized. The central ring was fantastic. The core themselves. As soon as I saw Tomar Ray and Kilowog, I was like, what the hell? Um, I would have liked to have seen John Stewart, Guy Gardner, the other lanterns, but I thought, well, that's what sequels are for. But hey, for some reason, fandom tore it down and we never got a sequel, even though you said before we started talking, Mike, that um, this is a lot better than some other films that have done well. And I agree with you. And I agree with you, BZ. There's a very little wrong with this film. And I don't see what so many so-called fans were, were screaming and shouting about. Right. Mm-hmm. It is it's one of those weird things where some things land and don't. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, Steve geeked out at the name of my first film. And the craziest thing, man, is I wrote a B, I actually wrote a second film. Um, and it's an, it's for the most part, it's another day in the life type film. This one is a little bit bigger. It's going to probably be about 14 minutes. Um, but I have seven lanterns in it. So, um, (laughs) and so, uh, you know, the title of that one now, you, I, you know, Steve geeked out about the first, the title on the first one. Well, the second one is in blackest night out. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. All right, Mike, we have to let you in on the joke here. Do you know about the green lantern oath, the, the way they recharge their ring every 24 hours that their powers work? Um, I vaguely recall that, yeah, from the, the well, film. Well, literally, it's in brightest day and blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power, green lantern's light. So in brightest day, off, in blackest night, out. <laughs> <laughs> That's just genius. Um, uh, I, I, I want <laughs> front row tickets, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. So um, um, with the second film, which um, the the company that I'm working with here, I, I'm in Vegas in America. Um, the company that I'm working with here, who I finally got to help me shoot this thing and, and make it come to, you know, fruition is uh, called Rising Again Productions. And, you know, their insignia is a phoenix. So Rising Again. Hmm. So um, I thought you were going to tell me their insignia was a black lantern ring. That would have been really scary. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, they a um, couple of young, hungry filmmakers out here. Their work is exemplary. I actually worked with them on a TV pilot um, that I was working on over the course of the last year and a half. And I'm like, you know what? Let me go ahead and enlist these dudes because they they're young, they're hungry, and they're quite proficient at what it is that they do so let's just go ahead and make it happen and um man we 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 made it happen man the the dream came true if dc doesn't recognize it if if warner brothers doesn't recognize it at the very bare minimum i can go to my deathbed saying hey i did what i set out to do which was play a superhero and and play a superhero that i wanted to play which was john stewart Amen. And out of interest, like what, when did you each, I'll, I'll start with BZ then, what, when did you first sort of get into Green Lantern and things? What was your sort of introduction to them and what kind of made you fall in love with the character? Well, the thing is, man, is originally for 
the John Stewart character. I mean, I've always been a comic book head since the seventies, you know, it's, I, I just, I've always, always have, I'm not an avid collector, uh, but I am, you know, I would call myself a nerd, a geek, sci-fi, sci-fantasy, Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, comic books, Marvel, DC. Marvel is my favorite, but I have some favorite DCs. My actual favorite for DC is actually Shazam. Um, yeah. But for the Green Lantern, you know, again, the John Stewart character didn't become popular until the Justice League cartoon kicked in on Cartoon Network. And I'm like, oh, man, this this dude is he's actually kind of dope, you know, and, um, you know, I look at his backstory and I'm like, OK, well, the dude is formerly a Marine a sniper. He's an architect. So his imagination is vivid. That's why. If, if I'm not mistaken, and Steve can correct me if I'm wrong, um, you know, John Stewart is considered one of the top lanterns because of his imagination, because Absolutely. he has an architectural mind. 100% accurate. Spot on. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, so my thing was, okay, wow, you know, this dude is kind of dope. Um, let's go ahead and give it a shot. You know, let me go, let me go ahead and put my uh, put my voice in the ring to see if I can voice this character some way somehow, and um, then just Bing Bang out of the blue, I'm like, wait a minute, dude, don't voice this dude, be John Stewart. So um, you know, I have the look, I have the sound, um, you know, let's just go ahead and, and run with it, man, and see where it goes. Then I started doing a little bit of uh, research um, when the 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 new show in the Arrowverse, uh, Black Lightning kicked in and started uh, hearing rumors about Lynn Stewart, who's Black Lightning's wife, possibly being John's sister. And I'm like, oh, I got to get on Black Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle John has to come show. pay a visit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to my understanding, they are not related. However, don't get it twisted because of the way that, you know, these these entertainment entities change things up in these universes. Why can't John and Lynn, Lynn be brother and sister in the Arrowverse? Oh, I'm going to make you smile, BZ. I'm really oh, going to make on, you smile. Oh, come on. Talk to me, my man. Um, in Arrow, there's a central character called John Diggle. Right. His adoptive father is General Stewart. So his real name, his adopted name is John Stewart. And there's a couple of scenes during the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover where the flash of Earth-90, the wonderful John Wesley ship, says, John, is that you? Right. Hey, where's your ring? Yeah. Yeah, I caught that. So um, <laughs> I, caught I that. think that even though Arrow is over, I still have hope that we are going to see John Stewart in the form of John Diggle, put on the ring, fly through the sky and swear the oath. So um, I, I'm not giving up hope. I am. I am keeping my fingers crossed. But you're giving me hope with your film too, BZ. So um, uh, more, more info. I need it. Okay, so this is the deal. While you're hoping that David Ramsey as John Diggle gets that ring, I'm hoping that BZ The Voice gets that ring and gets into the air. My voice. So, <laughs> so um, but the deal is, man, in my film, Diggle is in it, but only as a voice. Ah, interesting. So, um, 
But yeah, Diggle and Stewart have a rapport. And so my goal, (laughs) my goal in my film, like I said earlier, when, you know, we we were speaking about, you know, how these entertainment entities change things up with the films, my goal as a fan was to make certain that I appease fans. So I, I make sure to touch on, there'll be a couple of Easter eggs in there. Um, I make sure to touch on several little small details that comic book fans would be familiar with. My actress who plays Shaira Hall. For most of most of comic fandom out there, Shaira Hall is... Love her. Legend. Mike, that's a Hawk Woman, yeah. in case you were wondering. Hawk, yeah, well, Hawk, yeah, Hawk Woman, yeah. Hawk yeah. Girl. Um, Shaira Hall is, you know, her classic appearance is a busty redhead in the comics and in the cartoons. Um, live action, she has more of an exotic look. So whether it's whether she's Hispanic of Hispanic origin or whether she is possibly Middle Eastern looking ish. That's that's what it that's what it's come down to the live action. I think there are th- was it three women or two women that played. There was one woman on Smallville, and I think I want to say that she was Spanish. Um, yeah, Hispanic. And then there's then there was a young lady who played uh, on Legends of Tomorrow, and I know she's like Puerto Rican or Cuban or something like that. Um, also on the cartoon the justice league you know animation the woman who voiced shaira hall maria uh canales is of hispanic origin and the thing is is what they did with the thanagarians on that cartoon is that they used um hispanic voice talents just so that they can have their speech just slightly off from american english so um in the in the I want to say it was called Starcross. It was a, a two episode or three no two or three episode series. Um, the gentleman who voiced Hero Talek, Spanish dude of was it Victor Rivers? I believe that was his name. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I did with my actress was I decided to fill all the parameters of of the Shaira Hall of the classic look as well as the new look. So this young lady is very well built. She is, she's got a super nice body. She's very attractive. She has, you know, the, the classic look of Shaira Hall's red hair, green eyes. Um, this young lady has brownish red hair, hazel eyes. And she is, you know, an amalgam of, I think her father is, her father's white. Her mother is Creole and Haitian. So she has the exotic look very, mixed very with the classic look. You've done your homework, Beasley. And so, Respect. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, dude, I go hard. <laughs> if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. So, yeah, dude, yeah. Um, so uh, I do have uh, an entry for the film on IMDb. And again, the title is In Brightest Day Off. Uh, I don't have any photos up right now on that page, but 
if you want to, you know, catch me on social media, all social media for me is BZ the voice. If you, if you cannot find me, something is wrong. Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, everything is BZ the voice. I do have some production stills up on my Instagram and Facebook pages. So you will see a couple of stills. You'll see Shaira Hall. You'll see me. And again, it's, 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 it's short, but it's a super fun thing. It really is. And it's, there's a little bit of CGI in it, just a little bit. But in the second one, there's going to be more. I mean, I just want to say, like, as someone who isn't as uh, well adversed into this sort of uh, well into the Green Lantern or any of the sort of aspects of what you've been speaking about it immediately hit me that you are so passionate about this that your passion alone if even if I hadn't seen the teaser um, or didn't hear your amazing voice I would already be like you know the passion alone clearly is going to show that something amazing is going to be here because I find that with whether they're big productions or small productions the mo- the biggest times I find that uh, comic book related content fails is when someone is trying to create something and does not stick to or know very well of the, f- the source material. And that's the biggest Preach. time where things fail, I believe. And it's one of those things where it's just it's frustrating. And I know I think before we start recording, uh, one of the things that came up, which I'm going to bring up now, is uh, Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. So, Beezy, I know you have some <laughs> strong feelings about that because is Silver Surfer? Did you say it was one of your, if not the favorite character of yours? Silver Surfer is absolutely my favorite character of all time. And the moment that somebody said his board was his source of power i almost defecated on myself (laughs) (laughs) and so what is his source of power then for us who are scrubs in the world power cosmic his source it's the power cosmic he he, it, it is just in him his board has nothing to do with his power his power was his power was endued by the devourer of worlds galactus and dude even even with that again it started with the board being his source of power that's when things started to go south for me and then i'm like okay dude yeah dr doom you know went after him dr doom did this dr doom did a whole lot of foul stuff in the comic books okay that's cool they stuck to that premise in the film but the surfer's board is not his source of his power he just has the power within him period end of story and you know he can absorb he can transmute the dude can use use it as force he he just he can he already has class 100 strength without even augmenting it so um the, the dude is a force, you know, and of, of course there are more powerful forces in the Marvel universe, but when all is said and done, he's not ridiculously overpowered like you'll find, especially in a lot of DC characters. Hmm. And one thing I wonder as well, staying within that uh, realm of things is with, am I right in thinking? Cause I, the main thing I've seen to remember a lot of random facts about, um, 
characters and things from Marvel and DC is because I was a massive uh, collector of Top Trumps uh, when I was younger. I had all the Marvel ones and I used to just read all the fact files and all the information about them. So I have this vague peripheral knowledge of a lot of things. Is that the only incarnation of Galactus that's basically a giant cloud? Because completely wrong. Sort of giant dude. Completely wrong. So yeah, what what is he sort of for us who don't know as well uh, as others? What is with Galactus? What is he normally more so like, and what are some of the sort of stories Silver Surfer has been involved with as well? Galactus, um, you know, no, Steve, please feel free to step in at any time, dude. <laughs> Galactus was introduced in the very very early days of the Marvel Universe in the Fantastic Four comic, but not until uh, a few issues after the Silver Surfer, because Silver Surfer arrives on Earth. One thing they did get right in the film is Silver Surfer is his herald. He literally um, goes ahead of Galactus scouting worlds for the devourer of worlds to devour. Um, but yeah. what they didn't go into enough depth with was the fact was he saved his own world um, from being devoured by offering his services as Galactus's herald in the first place. Norin Rad was a man much like you or I who literally just wanted to save his wife, Shalabal, save his world. So he said, Galactus, spare my world and I'll travel the universe for you to find you others to eat. But that nobility never died in him, which is why he decides to turn around and save Earth as well. But his power, like BZ quite rightly said, is intrinsic to him because Galactus gave it to him. It's the power cosmic. He has a fraction of Galactus's power. So he's one of the few beings who could, in a way, challenge Galactus, who is most usually portrayed as a gigantic, 70-foot-tall humanoid in a suit of armor who absorbs the energy of worlds to survive. But he's a force of nature. He's been around since the dawn of time, and he's a counterbalance. He's there for a reason. The varying of worlds is something he needs to do the same way that spiders eat flies they keep the bug population down his purpose is to keep weights and measures in the universe um, under control and sometimes an innocent world may have to die to do that and that's basically the long and short of it in a way that's not too cosmic or or an eight-hour episode in and of itself would you agree with that bz i would absolutely agree with it and i would not be uh, 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 against an eight-hour cosmically charged conversation about Oh, it. hey, well, so, sign me up. <laughs> so the thing is, is, and like Steve said, Galactus, you know, he says around the dawn of time, but according, you know, according to his history, Galactus came from a universal, a universe mm-hmm. that existed previously to the Big Bang. He's the sole survivor. And so... You know, there are some people that consider him to be an elder of the universe, but he's not an elder of the universe. He's he he's far, far be- before the elders of the universe. And so you have eternity and infinity. You have Lord Chaos and Master Order. You have death and oblivion. Um, and then you have so, sort of kind of an uh, uh, an opposite of Galactus in uh, a gentleman named the in-betweener. Mm-hmm. So, um, but for the most part, everyone sees, everyone who looks at Galactus sees their own race when they see him in that suit of armor. Under that suit of armor, he is living energy. Absolutely. To to see what he really is would drive most sentient beings insane. So you see what you can take. Yeah. So, but yeah. uh, And, you know, another thing is Galactus doesn't need multiple pits 
dug out in a planet in order for him to devour it. Nope, not at all. So, yeah, there's, you know, of course, you know, again, the the powers that be, you know, will switch things up. I'm like, no, stop it. Knock it off. Just just don't do it anymore. But my thing is, is I got to see my dude on film. He did look and sound great. That's one thing I've got yeah. to give that movie. Silver Surfer did look and sound fantastic. Yeah. Doug Jones played the body of the Silver Surfer. If you don't know who oh, Doug Jones is. Oh, you have to know who Doug Jones is. <laughs> He's <laughs> in everything. If, if it has something to do with Alien, mm-hmm. it's Doug Jones. Yep. That dude. First of all, Hellboy. He's Abe Sapien. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro wouldn't have a career without Doug Jones. Ah, uh, uh, and uh, uh, he's also in, I think, a new Star Trek series right now too. So, yes, he is. Um, Discovery. The dude is he's six foot four. Silver Surfer is six foot four. And see, that's my whole thing. Like, if I were to if I were to put together a movie. I would I I go by the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. So yes. if there's somebody who who's going to play Captain America, I'm going to find somebody who's six three, blonde hair, blue eye. If there's somebody playing Thor, I'm going to find somebody who's six six, uh, incredibly swole, blonde hair, blue eye. If there's somebody who's playing Falcon, Sam Mackey did just fine playing Falcon. He's he's good. Agree. Um, I'm going to find people according to spec. I'm going to find the tall ones. I'm going to find the short ones. I'm going to find the ones who physically work. Wolverine, dude, Hugh Jackman was dope for Wolverine, but Hugh Jackman is 6'2", not 5'3". There you go, Mike. Bet you didn't know that. Wolverine's a little fella. Just a mean, big attitude. It's one of the very few things I did know because when I when I got into the X Men movies and things, or like I think X Men is one of those <laughs> film series which is probably the most up and down of all the comic oh, book series, yeah. as in of films, because yeah. it's like you got the original trilogy, uh, original air quotes, but you've got X Men, really good. X Men Two, amazing. Last Stand is not <laughs> and then you've got then you've got the next trilogy of obviously you've got all the wolverine films which are quite up and down and then you've got the you know, first class and you've got days of future past which i think are both amazing and then you've got apocalypse which i think fell flat and it's like i was trying to show i've been i've been showing my girlfriend uh, a lot of the marvel movies and the dc movies and i'm trying to like steadily go across them and we've watched all of the mcu we're watching all the batman uh, movies now as in we watched Batman. We're not. Watched, we didn't watch Batman Forty Three. He didn't quite go back that far. But we watched Sixty Six, and then we're doing the the Burton verse and things. And uh, we're going to move on to uh, the Dark Knight trilogy and whatnot. But there's so many films which I was like, people ask me sometimes who aren't as into the the nerd culture as I am, and obviously I'm nowhere near into it as much as you guys are. But they're like, oh, I want to watch the X Men films. Which ones would you say? And it's like, but every batch of them really has a good one and at least a good one and a bad one. And it, it's so weird that they keep. They've like obviously they had Dark Phoenix recently as well, which I haven't actually seen. Don't. But it's <laughs> I have heard, heard not I haven't heard good things, which upset me because I think First Class and X Men uh, and Days of Future Past I think were absolutely cracking, but then Apocalypse was uh, quite weak in in my opinion. But uh, it's, let's ask about that. So, what do you think, Beezy? What are your uh, favorite or favorites of uh, sort of superhero adaptations of movies because obviously some degree of them have inspired you to you want to make them uh, so what kind of ones have really stood out for you they and any age of of the uh, the films whatever well i'm gonna i'm i'll tell you a couple of things that kind of bother me like i said i'm still stuck on this how they just get things wrong so steve so i'm gonna much. need your help on this one dude. so much wrong so much <laughs> 
I'm, I'm going to need your help. So <laughs> the first things first, uh, I want to say it was in the second one, Kane Marco. Juggernaut. Uh, mm, no! Uh, no. Start, I'm a Vinnie Jones fan because he's a Brit and he did wonders in Snatch. He was fantastic. He is yeah. not Juggernaut. Juggernaut no. is a huge hench unstoppable machine of power right. he's literally the unstoppable force he's the one thing that will run through you he's knocked hulk off his feet he's knocked thor off his feet he's one of yeah. the physically the strongest most powerful characters in the marvel universe vinnie jones yeah. Yeah. is not that so would you say the one uh the juggernaut in deadpool 2 is much more aligned to yes, the, the true but juggernaut. still nowhere okay. near enough Okay, ah. I'm 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 gonna touch I'm gonna touch on that one. That sort of kind of got me upset, and it, that this is where I'm gonna need Steve's help, because I mean, I, you know, I've been sort of kind of out of touch with comic books for a while. And again, like I said, I'm going by the original original handbook of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I remember, now in the Deadpool Deadpool movie, Colossus and Juggernaut were fighting. Now, according to the Marvel Handbook, transformed in his armored form, Colossus exceeds seven feet. The Juggernaut is 6'10", mm-hmm. 900. Now, somebody, I, I was, I, I think I was on Instagram and somebody pointed out to me that Juggernaut is now nine feet and several, nine feet tall and several thousand pounds. I'm like, wait a minute. No, Juggernaut is 6'10", 900. So I right. could be wrong. Maybe, maybe he got some you kind of power boost. You are correct by the know. original handbook, but uh, if you know anything about his powers, the Crimson Bands of Sitarak, um, they're magical yep. items. And the longer he wears them, the more he uses his power, the bigger and more powerful and stronger he gets. It's like um, originally in the comics, Hulk was about seven foot tall. Uh, but right. you all know that famous saying, um, Hulk smash, the younger Hulk gets, the stronger Hulk gets. In recent years, I've actually made it that to make it more physically feasible, not only does he get angrier and stronger, he gets bigger too. It's a similar mm-hmm. thing with with uh, Juggernaut. He does get bigger and meaner over the course of the years. Just to keep up, because okay. back in the day when we were kids, um, a six-foot-tall person was huge. Right. Nowadays, um, six-foot is more or less becoming the average. So they have changed that with the times the same way they've changed... Um, the, the Fantastic Four, Reed Richards and Ben Green fought in the Second World War to then Vietnam, then Korea, then the Middle East to just keep it current. They've done the same with the villains. They've made them bigger, badder, meatier, more powerful. Okay. okay. Well, okay. So, you are so there we have it. So uh, again, dude, I'm 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 old school, and that's that's literally where my mind lives when it comes to this stuff. It's like, dude, just stick to the script and make fans happy. Absolutely with you 100% and they rarely do that. <laughs> and so that was, that was one of my goals here um, with this particular film was stick to the script, make fans happy. You're going to see some things of John Stewart being an architect. You're going to see some things of him being a Marine. Me so you're happy. going to see some things, you know, you're, you're, you're going to see things of him being a lantern. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 not that one. Um, actually, I did a one-minute short film. When when COVID hit, um, one of the one of the casting directors here in the States put out a uh, issued a challenge 
for people to make a one minute short film on your phones only. And I did a one minute short film loosely based on this film with Jon Stewart taking a day off and going to do what it is that he needs to do uh, with one of the other characters. But it's only one minute. And um, it's it's up there on my Instagram page as well. Remember, BZ the voice, you shouldn't be able to get lost. So I followed um, you on Twitter already. Oh, my my man. So um, the thing is, I think I put it up on my, my Twitter page too. Um, so the thing with that one minute short film, instead of, well, what I did was I used one of my, my characters in my, in, in brightest day off for this one. And the name of this one is called forgot something. Um, and, uh, I did the voice of John Jones waking John Stewart up out of his sleep. And oh, then I had my other guy do Oliver Queen. And um, so, yeah, Oliver Queen is in my In Brightest Day Off as well. And it's, it's again, even though it's short, there are some key players. And, um, you know, you'll just, you know, see a quick day in the life of a superhero just trying to chill man i like the way you said trying to <laughs> that, that's yeah. the key i think <laughs> yeah trying desperately that is definitely going to be i've put uh make sure i have a link to that in the description as well because it just sounds like you've got creativity flowing out your ears and things and it, it's one of those things as well which when it comes to well, one of the things that I love, because um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Steve, or one of Steve's podcasts, which um, I think I mentioned before, which is Superheroes for Dummies. And it is basically Steve giving his encyclopedic knowledge of superheroes and explaining to his two friends who um, who don't know as much. Uh, they, they have more of a similar knowledge to myself, which is sort of peripheral things. And one of the things that I love hearing about it is, is all the different iterations and how so many of them some of them only show up uh, for like a few issues like in this own multiverse other ones show up as like central in the sort of main canon and things and one of the things I love about comic books and superhero stuff is the interpretations of a lot of it and I love how there can be so many variations and interpretations of so many characters who've been in existence for decades and decades and obviously in the next few decades a lot of them are going to go into their hundredth years and things because obviously I think the Joker and Batman they've been around for 80 or so years if I'm, if I'm correct there so it's like I yeah so it's like it's very exciting to get that insight of so many different iterations and so many people doing fresh ideas. And it sounds like BC, what you're doing is that you are doing exactly that. You, you've just got, you, I'm sure you've basically got so many ideas that you can't get them out quick enough. So kind of in line with that to a degree, uh, I know no one wants to talk about the C word, but did the COVID affect your filming uh, of this very much as in this specific film? Actually, no, it didn't. Um, you know, for me, I, you know, I mentioned earlier that I'm a voiceover actor. I'm also a voiceover coach and a voiceover demo producer. Um, a lot of on-camera actors wound up devastated because they couldn't work. But voiceover never stopped. Most of our work, if not all of our work, is done at home. And so, dude, I've been – my, my business for coaching and demo production exploded exponentially because 
tons of camera on camera actors didn't have the training or voiceover demo reels for voiceover, but their agents were sending them the work. So then they were like, well, I can't do this. I don't have recording equipment or I don't have training or so my business just blew up in doing that. Now, for this particular project, no, it, there was no issue or whatnot. Um, I was too busy. And that's the end of part one. Thanks as always for tuning in. Part two will be out next week at the usual time. And just a couple of bullet points of what we sort of speak about in part two. It goes off the conversation of Green Lantern quite as much and kind of goes into a slightly wider berth of subject matter. Um, BZ speaks about how COVID and lockdown affected both the filming of this Green Lantern movie and also his voice acting business in general. He also speaks about some of his other projects and goes into more depth about his sequel idea. Um, He also talks about the challenges of being a voice actor. We have a little discussion on music and movies. Also, BZ speaks about the difference between interest and commitment. He speaks also about meeting his hero, and there's lots of other bits and pieces along those sort of lines. So it's a slightly wider view on things, but it is still keeping in line with a lot of the sort of general nerdy stuff we've been speaking about. So the two parts go together very well. I've got a bunch of links for you in the description. I'm not going to read them all out, so you can just check out these show notes and you'll find them all. Uh, We've got BZ's website, his IMDb page, the teaser trailer for his Green Lantern movie, and he is at BZ the Voice on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And Steve is L underscore Stevo on Twitter. And then in the description, I've got these sites for his Fantastic Universes review site, DC Comic News, Dark Knight News, and also a link to the Comics in Motion podcast Anchor, which is where you can find Superheroes for Dummies, that comes out generally every two weeks on that same anchor link for comics in motion you can also find tony farina's indie comic spotlight which episodes are out on fridays and my other podcast star wars comics in canon which new episodes are out every saturday so some other things I've been up to. Um, I was recently on an episode of the Rob and Slim show. Uh, I was on there for about half an hour. I called into their live radio show. I had a lot of fun. The link to that is in the description, but anywhere that you are listening to this show, you should be able to find it. I had loads of fun with those guys on, and we're probably going to speak about them coming on the show in 2021 as well for a bit of a longer conversation, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I've got loads of guests sort of lined up, and I've got a new notebook, which is fun, and I've got lots of guests that I'm kind of looking at having an early next year as well. I'm sure B will be on the show at some point in the future again too and also just shout out to Tonya Todd who got us into contact and Tonya has been on two recent episodes of Genuine Chit Chat Uh, I think it was episode 101 or 102 and then episode like 98 or 99 so those that sort of period you can go check out that because she is an awesome person too she's also recently been on an episode of Tony Freeman's Indie Comic Spotlight as well so all all marries up very nicely Coming up in the next few weeks, I have got no episodes recorded as of yet. I've got a friend of mine coming on the show next week to speak about some of his music that he's got coming out. He's like a new artist on the scene and some of his stuff is really cool, so I'll be speaking with him. Um, I'm also guesting on a couple of podcasts. There's still the Mandalorian weekly podcast that we're doing on Comics in Motion, where a couple of us speak about the Mandalorian. We kind of talk about how we thought of the most recent episode, so it gets into a lot of spoilers, and also I normally give some tidbits of information and other ways it can next to the rest of the canon as I often do. That runs alongside my other show Star Wars Comics and Canon which is airing as normal on Saturdays and then we've also got 
I've been on, you know, I've got links in the description of when I was on the Scott Pilgrim episode of Comics in Motion, as well as Comics on Trial, where I defended Phantom Menace against Tony Farina, and Dave was the judge of that. I've also done some recording with Scott of the 20th Century Geek, where that's going to be a big episode, or three-parter rather, released in early next year too. I'm also guessing on a friend of mine's podcast, Frank Burton. I've got more information about that when he ends up sort of releasing and things, but I'm quite excited about that because he's been on the show before. There's a few other little bits and pieces here that I'm doing, and I've got a very exciting guest at the start of December. I'm not going to say it much other than they're involved with Star Wars in a way of they actually create Star Wars content. So I'm very, very excited about that chat as well, um, but I don't want to go into any other details just in case things don't go to plan. And yeah, that's more or less it from me, guys, apart from, as I said, my show Star Wars Comics in Canon, which is out every Saturday on the feed of Comics in Motion. Uh, the most recent episode I did was the Age of Republic Villains comics. I tackled the Django Fett comic which features Boba Fett in there as well General Grievous destroying a Jedi temple and having a force vision and then a little bit of information about Asajj Ventress and a prequel to her meeting Ahsoka Tano in a very specific arc in the Clone Wars in all three of those comics just before I speak about them I do also give a bit of information about the characters themselves so if you want to know more information about Django Fett General Grievous and Asajj Ventress in the canon make sure you check out that episode as well there's an upcoming episode of Comics on Trial, which we're going to be recording in a couple weeks' time. It's going to be myself and Tony Farina going head-to-head. Tony Farina is going to be defending the Rise of Skywalker, and I am going to be prosecuting the Rise of Skywalker, which obviously is very different to when I was defending Phantom Menace and Scott Weatherly was prosecuting it. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun going head-to-head with Tony Farina on that, and my glorious self-proclaimed co-host is going to be on there as well. She is going to be the judge. Um, any long-term listeners of Genuine Chit Chat know that Megan comes and goes in certain episodes of the podcast whenever she's whenever she pleases really and most of the time when I do sort of chats in person she normally is there too so and I've done a few podcasts with her so if you pay attention to me long enough you will end up getting Megan's name mentioned or listen to a podcast with her vaguely involved in some way uh, so that's gonna be a lot of fun I'm excited for as well but that's really it for me guys at the moment make sure you follow me on social media at genuine chit chat on Twitter Instagram and on Facebook make sure you subscribe to this podcast as well as the Comics and Motion podcast because the Comics and Motion podcast, as I've already mentioned in this show, has got loads of other cool shows on there and at the moment I'm getting through the back catalogue of these superheroes for dummies uh, because it's just really interesting hearing all of that sort of information too. I really recommend it to everyone to go check out. And also just at the end here, uh, probably the first time I've done this, I'm going to play a little promo um, for DC Comics News which is one of the many things that Steve is involved with and I thought it would be good just to have, you know, Tony's promo was played earlier today so I thought DC Comic News now and then next week I'll probably play the Superheroes for Dummies promo too. So lots of nerdy stuff to get your teeth into and as I said just contact me if you want any information about anything else and yeah I really hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make sure you stick around for part two that'll be out next week and I appreciate each and every one of you. So I'll talk to all of you next week. Hi my name's Steve And I'm here to tell you all about the DC Comics News Podcast. Every week, my friends and I sit down and discuss everything DC. Movies, TV and streaming, comic books, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. (laughs) No, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Whatever the case, 
You can find the DC Comics News Podcast on every podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere else you find podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No.